In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Today is the day we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. So why would Jesus be baptized? If he is perfect and completely righteous, why would he go to John the Baptist and be baptized? It is a good question, and as Christians, disciples of Christ, you should be able to explain why he did it. And there are three big reasons why he was baptized. First, Christ did it to fulfill righteousness. Christ completely submitted himself to the Father. And this meant that Christ followed the law of the Lord perfectly. Any commands the Lord made, Christ followed them to the dot, to the iota. And God sent John to call the people to repentance and be baptized. And Jesus, to fulfill all righteousness, allowed himself to be baptized even though he knew no sin. Christ never broke a commandment, but Christ submitted himself fully to the will of the Father. And why is this so important for you? Because you can't keep the commandments. Even on your best day, you break them in your thoughts, words, and deeds, and you have done things you should not have and left things undone that you should have done. God demands perfection, and he still demands that you be perfect. But yet, when you compare yourself to the law, when you really hold up that mirror, you can see all your imperfections and flaws. Yet Christ, fully man, was able to be flawless and perfect in his thoughts, words, and deeds because he's also fully God. And this is why Christmas is so big for you, because he, the God of all universe, of all time and space, became flesh and blood to do what no one else could do. Again, only because the divine God came to you, born in a manger. He is and will only ever, will only ever be the man that did love the Lord God with all his heart, his soul, and his mind, and love his neighbor as himself perfectly. Christ's fulfilling of this included the call to be baptized, which he heeded obediently. Again, is the baptism of repentance for him? By no means. His baptism is for you. Now, on to the second part. Usually when I hear substitute, I think of something uh, less than the original. For example, there's stevia or maybe it's Splenda for sugar. There are veggie patties for beef patties. There are substitutes for teachers. And sometimes, uh, well, it seems to me that substitute has some type of negative connotation. However, in the case of Christ, going to be baptized, this is completely flipped. You have received something better than the original. And you know from Romans 5 that the original man, Adam, brought sin, death, and condemnation in the world. But he, Christ Jesus, is the perfected man that brings righteousness, justification, and life back to mankind. And he became the substitute for all mankind. And this is the second reason why he's baptized. And this substitution has been foretold throughout the Old Testament. And it might remind you of Isaiah 53. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a, dry, like a root out of dry ground. 
He had no former majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was, dis- he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. I know that's long, but I think that appropriately shows how he was our substitute in our place. Here is the Lord of all creation, And he is lowering himself not only to be man, but to become the servant to all. In Christ's baptism, he is taking on the weight of all sin of all humanity. He is putting himself in your place. And he is announcing in this baptism that he is willing to bear the consequences and burdens of your iniquities and your sins. It's as if all the filth put in the water from all the sinners going to be baptized He is the sponge that soaks all that filth into himself. Not himself actually meaning filthy, but taking it on. And you know this is good because you hear in the word that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and the Father announces, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. He, Jesus Christ, is the true Son of Israel. He is the second Adam. He remained faithful where Israel was adulterous. He is the offspring that would crush the head of the serpent serpent by going to the cross in your place. And this is why the father is pleased with his son, because Christ has taken on the mantle of the scapegoat, the scapegoat for the world. Um, Just to remind you, in the Old Testament, let me read it for you. Uh, This is what the scapegoat was. Then he, Aaron, shall take two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away in the wilderness to Azazel. 
Is this not the same imagery as we see in Christ's baptism? He in his baptism has the sins of all placed on him. And what does he do right after that? But go directly out into the wilderness. This happened on the day of atonement, the scapegoat. Again, here in Christ's baptism, you are reminded that a sacrifice is needed for all the sins of people. Christ becomes that very sacrifice also. And only his blood spilt to appease the anger of God for an insolent people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. His death is the substitution for your death. Lastly, Christ's baptism points to the cross. His baptism made it possible for you, the imperfect and sinner, to receive the perfect and righteous one, Jesus Christ. For on the cross, he paid, to the, he paid for the sins of the world. He took your sin, he carried your burden, so that you did not have to. And he went to the cross and died upon it, facing the full wrath of God in payment for your sins. And he paid for it with his life. His death is the propitiation, the price that was owed for the debt of the sin of the world. And he paid it in full. Now sin and the devil have no power over you. And in his resurrection, death too has no hold. In your baptism, you are brought into Christ's death. We heard in the epistle, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. He, Jesus, being your substitute, he covering you with his blood so that you would be declared righteous. Just as Christ immediately came out of the water in your baptism, when you, come, when you came out of the water right after your baptism, you are also immediately a child of God a son or daughter in which the Father is well pleased. You know this because Christ at the end of Matthew commands the disciples saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And in the gospel you see the Trinity of the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. And this is what you receive in your baptism. The same water that you are baptized with, Jesus went into so that your sins are upon him. And you can come out of the water clean because the word has been attached to that water. After the cross, the baptism you receive brings the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to you. His name he puts on you. It shows that your baptism is what God has done for you. It reminds you that Christ, who had to be perfect, went to the cross in your place and died and was resurrected so that you can die in your baptism and rise to eternal life as a child of God. Again, in the church here, we just had Christmas and a couple of we- uh, just a couple of weeks ago, reminding you that Christ came to earth to be the Savior that you needed. And just a couple of days ago was Epiphany in which the Magi visited the child, letting you know that Jesus was not just the Savior for the Israelites, but he came to be the Savior for all people. And now we have his baptism, teaching you what he took on. Jesus was baptized because he completed the righteousness 
You could not. He was baptized because he wanted to take your place. He was baptized so that you could have confidence in your baptism. His baptism points to his sacrifice for you and the joy you find in it. His baptism is an act of love knowing what we cannot do, but he went gentle and lowly, serving all humanity by humbly going to the cross to be your scapegoat so you can have eternal life. And he did this because he wanted you to be united with the Father for all eternity so that heaven could be given to you. So go in peace, child of God, for in your baptism you have his name placed upon you. He has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred you to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom you have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen.